This episode of the Hall of Justice is brought to you by Fume, the number one natural way to quit smoking. If you know anything about me, you know how anti-smoking I am. My parents smoked for so many years, and I hate to say it, they are still smoking. And I'm getting this for them. There's a new product called Fume, F-U-M. It's the number one natural way to quit smoking. It takes the benefits of super plants, behavioral science, and beautiful design to make quitting smoking a little easier. It's a wooden handcrafted inhaler, a hand-to-mouth replacement, plant-packed cores studied to curb cravings and taste and smell great. It's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, and no harmful chemicals. Here on Sports with Friends, we have a discount for you. Just go to this website and type in our code. Our code is SWF, Sports with Friends. Go to the website, www.breathefume.com. Fume is F-U-M. Breathefume.com slash SWF. So if you use that code, you save 10% on your order today. I received it, and all I thought about were my parents. If you are a smoker, you need this. If you know a smoker, you can help them out. This is a great gift idea. There's over a dozen unique flavors, so you fill out an online quiz and find out what cores are best for you. Takes 30 seconds. Go to breathefume.com. Shop breathefume, F-U-M, and save 10% with the code SWF for sports with friends. Fume, the number one natural way to do what I've been begging my parents to do. Quit smoking. Now stay tuned for the Hall of Justice. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great Hall of Justice... Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. there is in what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. Today we are talking about Supergirl. Supergirl is in its final season, season six, and they are running through their final run of episodes on the CW. And, you know, I see it through Hulu <laughs> and, you know, Cord Cutters. It's also on the CW app. And I believe Supergirl is also on Netflix. Season six is not on Netflix, but the first five seasons of that show are on Netflix. And the audience has grown, actually, through the streaming services. 
And there's an interesting aspect to it. Today, we are going to be talking to a young lady who plays Kelly Olsen on the show. And if you've been following Supergirl, this week is a big week for her because Tuesday night is episode 12 of season six. And that is the episode where Kelly Olsen becomes Guardian. Remember, James Olsen was Guardian beforehand, uh, but uh, he has since left the show. Uh, and, and now there's another iteration of Guardian. But the irony is, is that Ozzy Tesfai, who plays Kelly, also wrote the episode. And it is directed by none other than David Ramsey, who fans of Arrow will remember he played Diggle. He played John Diggle and has been doing this deal with the CW where he bounces from show to show. So in essence, even though there's no crossover like the Crisis or the Elseworlds, there is Diggle goes from he was on Superman and Lois and The Flash. And, you know, he's been on all these other shows. The one thing about Supergirl, and I've been critical of the show in the past because I am in the bag for this. I have seen literally every episode of this show, and I'm a completist. So when I start something, I finish it. That's just how this works for me. And I've been in and, and very interested in seeing where this finale has been going. But Kelly Olsen is a character that has a lot of depth. She came on in season four. She played a psychologist, and then she wound up working in for this company, Obsidian Tech, and it was part of the arc and all this stuff. And then, you know, as things go on, she falls in love with Supergirl's uh, sister, um, Alex, and they have a relationship. And Alex, you know, finds her sexuality, and Kelly was a lesbian. And they came into that. Remember, Alex had been engaged to uh, Maggie Sawyer on the show. And Maggie Sawyer has this huge comic book history. So Kelly uh, has evolved. And one of the things that has been building is her desire to help the crime fighting team. You know, she's friends with, you know, her, you know, she knows Supergirl and she knows Brainiac 5 and the Martian Manhunter. And she knows all these people and she wants to be part of it. And she becomes guardian in this episode. I haven't seen this episode, but I did see a preview. Episode 612 is entitled Blind Spots, and it's written by Ozzy Tesfai and Jay Holtham, who has written on a number of different things, Cloak and Dagger. He wrote on Jessica Jones, which, you know, my absolute love for Jessica Jones. Uh, also, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Jay Holtham co-writeded. Uh, this particular episode, and David Ramsey, Diggle himself, uh, directed the episode. This is the trailer for Blind Spots. I am looking at people suffer, people that look like me. People are gonna die. What are you gonna do? I am gonna fight this fight. What can I do to help support me? You're not gonna hurt the city anymore. Well, 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 that is the trailer for the 12th episode of the sixth season of Supergirl entitled Blind Spots, written by Ozzy Tesfai and Jay Holtham. It is set to air on the CW on Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Now, if you're listening to this podcast way in the future, it's already aired. <laughs> and if you've listened to this way, way in the future, do me a favor. Tell me how the flying car is. And let me know how we get out of COVID. 
again, it's on Tuesday night on the CW. Uh, but if you're streaming, it's you know Wednesday morning. Um, that's when that's when I see Supergirl. Uh, we are pleased to welcome Kelly Olson herself. Uh, she also was Nadine on Jane the Virgin. She also founded a jewelry company, Fortune Culture. Uh, where the proceeds from all the sales help children in developing countries like Mexico, Cambodia, and Ethiopia, where she is from. Uh, she was raised in Los Angeles, but uh, also has ties to Ethiopia. And her background is really, really fascinating. Our time was limited in this interview, and so I'm not going to be able to ask her about all of her background and so many of the other things about her career and her life that are so fascinating but we are pleased here to welcome Ozzy Testify to the show. Ozzy, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome to the Hall of Justice podcast. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on all the success with Supergirl. And now you're adding writer. How mm-hmm. does someone who is acting and evolving in a character and loves this character, how does this become the crescendo? Her big moment happens to be something you're writing on. Do you initiate that? Do they come to you? Tell us the genesis of how you became the writer of the Big Guardian episode. You know what? You're the first person to ask that today. Funny enough. Um, I, during the pandemic, I started writing uh, just out of passion and um, in telling stories. And and I um, got like a writing coach (laughs) and worked with her twice a week. And then I had started developing uh, a, a show idea of mine with uh, the most amazing woman, Jenny Ehrman, who is the creator and showrunner of Jane the Virgin, which is the show I was on before. And so I was working with her a lot during the pandemic on, on something. And I got to kind of see firsthand what it's like to write and, and develop characters in a show. And I became really passionate about it. And during that time, I was like, you know what? I, there's some stories with Kelly that I really would love to tell. And it's and had to do with exploring more the military PTSD part and, and how we as a country deal with our veterans and their mental health. And so I wrote a spec script wow. uh, with that idea of like, you know, I don't want to just pitch the idea, but here's what it looks like. Here's what I think Kelly sounds like in this situation and the nuances of, of how, you know, her as, as not just an army vet, but as like a black woman in this country and where she feels she fits in. Um, and they loved it. And the spec script was able to get me approved by our producers in the studio as a writing sample. And then um, and then I knew I was gonna write an episode. I didn't know which one and it ended up being the one where I become a superhero, which was incredible. Um, and then I wasn't in a, 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 like three or four episodes uh, because I was in the writer's room. So I did a month in the writer's room from 10 to five every single day, which I loved. It was like my, my dream. Um, and I'm, I'm really close with our writers already. And so getting to work with them was the best. Uh, and it was a Zoom writer's room because it was, you know, during the pandemic. It's so I got still to COVID, be like, right, right. Yeah, I was in my PJs and I had my dog on my lap and it, caught, it was like the dream. I was like, this is the job I want. And I get to write <laughs> in my bed. I think I'd rather be a writer. Um, <laughs> so, and, and we broke the arc in the writer's room. So it wasn't just writing 12, but nine and 10 and that whole uh, storyline we did together, which was amazing. Well, and it's fascinating to see the way, you know, the people who are on the show, you know, join the people who are behind the scenes and the merging of that is really fascinating. David Ramsey directed 12. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. you have David Ramsey, who is, you know, this Arrowverse, you know, favorite. And to be quite honest with you, there are going to be people who come to this episode because of his involvement. And they didn't, they're not even going to realize that he directed it because okay. of this idea, you know, the, 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 the connectivity of this DC, you know, CW universe is greater than that. So to be able to get more eyeballs on it is appropriate and very fortuitous. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they, they've never had an acting duo write and direct ev- ever, ever on the network. Ever. So there were so many firsts in this experience, not just with me writing, but with Ramsey and I as a duo. And I wrote so much of Ramsey in it. And I really wanted, you know, Diggle to be the guide, the guide for Kelly um, through this process. And it was amazing. I mean, I, you know, I would joke all the time. It almost felt like a student film, you know, we were, cause we did so many scenes alone um, that it would be him and I in my apartment shooting a scene and he would run back to look at the frame and then he'd be like, this line doesn't work. And we'd rewrite it together. And like, it felt like a baby project. Cause it was the, it was just the two of us hmm. um, acting. And then the two of us kind of being able to see what it looks like and then go back and reshoot it. Or be like, we like that take. It was, it was so intimate. And um, we had so much creative control, which is a testament to, to Berlanti and our showrunners. Like they really gave us, so much control over this episode um and and i you know i did the tech scouting with him and my showrunners let me approve casting and props and set design i mean every part of it they really like gave me um so much control which is it never happens so it was very personal and Ramsey and I also because he was shooting other shows before he came to Supergirl we were one of the last ones we would do a weekly dinner uh the two of us Uh every Saturday night and we would just talk and I was doing drafts of the script still with Jay and you know hearing his experience um and trying to integrate that not just in Diggle but making sure there was a well-rounded story uh that we were telling that wasn't just my experience or Jay's experience but Ramsey's which was very different um it was a blessing it was like such an intimate situation and I think him and I establishing such a close friendship before getting into it was a game changer because I had to trust him it was a lot of emotional crying scenes and and it was so personal to me that everything felt so precious and he really supported me and and fought next to me a lot like you know I there were moments I would call him crying and be like this is hard like I you know and he was a friend I I feel really really grateful that he was the first it's really cool to hear you know it's funny about right before the pandemic we had Matt Ryan on um and yeah yeah, and and he plays John Constantine and the two things he said was the source material is funny and I do want to ask you about Jimmy Olsen or James Olsen Mm -hmm. but there's this other aspect of it of the CW and how they really allow Matt told the story about how he didn't think Constantine would do something that he saw on a script and they let him explain it and it's not that they say like it's yes, the writer still has the, the final say and the director has the final say, but this collaborative effort that is unique to this Berlanti world that uh-huh. it seems like everybody feels like they get a vote. And I always uh-huh. said, I don't need to be the boss. I just want to know that my uh-huh. voice is heard. Uh-huh. It's true. And, and I, you know, it, look, it is when we get to set there, we do have say in if something feels organic to our character and they really do give us a lot of ownership in that way, especially when you play these characters for so long and you're doing 20 to 24 episodes a season. Um, 
And that's always felt, you know, especially Kyler and I on, on, on Supergirl with mm-hmm. Kelly and Alex, like we, our hair and makeup time is, is a lot of talking through things and uh, <laughs> being very protective of how we represent them and rewrite, like we're, it's very personal to us, but this was like a different level. Cause we still, everything has to be approved. You know, you like sure. still have to run it by, you have to wait. And so to be able to be in from the ground up, like it, it was you know, like there, there was a moment where like David Harwood wanted to change a line and like I was in, in, in makeup and I had to run to set to like talk it through with him and approve it. Like, that's crazy, wow. you know, that's like crazy. Yeah. that we, we talk about his experience and then he's like, these are, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm like, what about this option? He's like, oh, I love that. I'm like, great. Are you good? And then I stay for two minutes, walk, watch a take of it and then go back to, you know, makeup becoming guardian. So it was a different level of like, it's different when like you get to be the person that approves something like it, it is it is a feeling that has changed me forever i tell them they created a monster because now i'm like i can't go back i can't go right. back to just... now you're going down a dark path <laughs> there's no yeah no it's all i want to do is write and create and i've really leaned into that um and i've been lucky because i've been so supported by um you know robert and jessica and, and greg and sarah they've been very supportive of me um oh, stepping into being a full writer no, that's that's really wonderful to hear. Um, when you first hear about Kelly Olson, and mm-hmm. you know that it's James Olson's sister, uh, yeah. j- just that part, there isn't this massive comic book history. Are you uh-huh. now, you know, renting all the DVDs for the CW verse? Are you checking out all of Supergirl's history? How did you embrace yourself into and immerse yourself like full board into what had been this very interesting show i'm one of those people i call myself a completist so if i see a series from the beginning i see it through so i've seen literally every episode of supergirl with my kids without my kids and so there's this long history how did you immerse yourself into it you know the only person fun fact that i've met that has seen every episode of supergirl including i think our cast is sean sean astin no way (laughs) because yeah, because his daughter is a big fan. So when he came and did the storyline with me, he was like, I've seen every episode. I was like, that is so impressive. Oh, I break Dave. them down. I, people laugh at me on the podcast because they're like, you're breaking down like every episode of Supergirl. I go, listen, I'm in the bag for this stuff. I am all in. I get I, I'm allowed to criticize because I'm the P1. <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I choked her up. I choked her up, folks. (laughs) I know. I'm like, um, Kelly, they had a really good idea of what they were going to, I knew where she was going from the jump. You know, even though it was like a slow burn, like I knew everything that was planned for her. So I had the, the fortune of having a really good understanding of her arc. And then I knew Makad, you know, Makad and I were friends. So it felt like very personal to him and I as friends playing brother and sister. We had so much love for each other already that I didn't do a ton of research. You know, I, I did the most research when I started co-designing the suit. Oh, um, okay. And that for me felt really important. And I'm such a fan of the second iteration of Guardian, uh, which is Malcolm Duncan. And so I try to, you know, Look the half you. helmet and the gold. Yeah, I'm a big Bumblebee Guardian. Right that duo on. is like my, <laughs> this is... yeah, my, my dream. My you dream just got so many brownie points with this audience. You yes. have no idea. <laughs> They're, they're like my, my dream duo. And so I was like, oh, I, and there is a bit, I think the fans figured it out, but there's like a little, you know, a big nod to that version of Guardian and then a little nod to Bumblebee in there with the colors. And um, hmm. 
Yeah. So for me, that research in terms of designing the suit, I really want it to be comic book accurate as much as we could do within this world, especially because the gold is such a great part of it and hadn't been seen before. Um, but in terms of Kelly as a character, now we just created something totally new. And I had seen some of the episodes of Supergirl, but Makad and I really uh, just kind of played into our, our dynamic as friends. And, um, and then Kyler and I, I mean, we, we did our chemistry read and, and it was like fire. So we just kind of, you know, had love and respect for each other pretty mm -hmm. quickly. Um, and then over the course of all these years, have gotten so close that it, it just, I just try to play off of like natural human relationships and feelings. Um, but then once Guardian came, I think that's when I really started looking into the research and the character and what do we want this to look like um, and act like. And, you know, with the stunt team kind of customizing her moves as a superhero, looking at the yeah. comics and trying to figure out versions of that, but still keeping it feminine because she is a woman. Um, and not just trying to make her, you know, a male superhero. No, 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 I, I get it. I know I'm going to get the hook in just a second. So I have one last question that I had to get for someone as, as interesting as yourself. When the oh, show is all said and done, when Supergirl goes off the air and there's still iterations and iterations of superhero stuff all over the streaming world and everything, what is the legacy of this show? Where will it resonate and how will it be remembered? It was the first of its kind for women, you know, and I think like there's nothing like young female fans when it comes to Supergirl. Like, we, you know, it, it was a space that was dominated by men and for girls to have a hero that is soft and sweet and sometimes unsure and has all the nuances of what it's like to be a woman in society. Like that, I think, is our legacy. And, and, and then, you know, you got more superheroes and you got dreamer and sentinel and guardian and you see big, like a rainbow version of what it looks like to be a woman and stand in your power and fight for what's good and also fight for yourself it's much more complicated where i feel like a lot of the male superheroes it's more black and white in terms of them being saviors where with the women Fair there's enough. a nuance of finding their place within society and also being empowered and we're lucky when we film on location we get to meet a lot of our female fans and i just think that they're you know, now with Batwoman and there's more shows that feature female superheroes, but Supergirl was really one of the first in this era to, to do that so fully. Well, and, and Melissa just embodies that character. I mean, yes. you know, yes. not to compare it to Hel Helen Slater, but she literally, Melissa looks like Supergirl. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, does a great job of the dual characters. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a great point. Ozzy, congratulations on this episode. Congratulations on your success. Maybe COVID gives you a, a new career. And maybe the next thing we find is that you're, you know, in the writer's room and 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 we're hearing about shows that you're not in, you know, that, that you're not acting That's in. That's the plan. That's this the plan. Fascinating. <laughs> uh, we're big, big fans and good luck with the rest of the way for this this run. And we welcome you back to the Hall of Justice podcast anytime. Thank you so much. I, I will definitely come back for a longer run with you. Ozzy Tesfai, the uh, writer and, of course, the star, uh, one of the stars of Supergirl. And she referenced David Harwood. And we also talked about Miss Melissa Benoist. Um, it's such a great cast. And it's a show that, uh, like I said, has gone through so many roller coasters, incarnations. Season one was on CBS and then they went to the CW. The crossovers played a major role. The role of Superman played a bigger role. That's something that we've talked about. We had Tyler Hecklin on 
uh, this podcast in the past. Episode 225 is uh, when Superman himself came in and we talked about uh, the connection to Supergirl and how that started it. And then this character, you know, that character went on his own arc. Uh, and in this, Supergirl is coming to its conclusion. And I'm very curious to see how it ends. Uh, I'm really happy for a really genuinely nice person like Ozzy Tesfai. Um, I'm very fascinated to see, you know, where it goes. And like I said, I'd love to have her back on the show and talk more about her background and where she comes from and a lot of her uh, charitable work, which is really, really interesting. It's unique. It's not what a lot of uh, actors do. and It's not a lot of what a lot of celebrities do. And it's really, really interesting. And uh, I hope to have her back. Uh, thank you for listening. Shorter episode this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. We have some uh, big stuff coming up on the podcast. We have reviews coming for What If, uh, Venom 2. And also, don't forget, uh, The Many Saints of Newark comes out. Uh, so we've got a lot of reviews planned, plus some special guests as well. So make sure you subscribe and uh, continue to enjoy the Hall of Justice podcast. Comes out every Thursday. We'll see you next week. <laughs>